now it's time for On the Couch with our resident psychologist Jane Enter, exploring life and caring for our mental and spiritual well-being on Bay FM 99.9. Welcome to our regular On the Couch segment with resident psychologist Jane Enter, based at First Light Healthcare, Byron Bay. Today we're discussing parenting without judgment. There's so much pressure to be the perfect parent and very few appear to come through the experience without some guilt that we didn't quite live up to society's high expectations. This is especially the case when inevitable challenges arise in the lives of our children. To explore all of this, we're joined by the one and only Jane Enter. Welcome again, Jane. Thanks, Fern. Good to be back. Jane, this is a huge topic, of course. There have been thousands of books written and we could spend hours and hours on this. But I thought, given the discussions of previous episodes, looking at depression and anxiety, we should focus today more narrowly on parenting that limits the amount of stuff that our children carry into adulthood. And by that I mean issues manifesting in adulthood that are rooted in childhood experiences. Now, you've got first-hand experience as a parent yourself. Maybe start by talking a bit about these judgments and expectations that parents feel. Look, I'm going to talk a little bit from my own experience because in talking to other parents, I think it's fairly universal. The moment you conceive a baby, along comes with it guilt and worry. Am I eating well? Should I be having that? Then you have the baby and then it's more worry and guilt because no parent wants to damage or harm their child. They want to be the best parent they can and they want to prevent anything that could ever possibly happen to their child from harming it. And of course you can't do that. So it is an incredibly important underrated, underprepared and difficult job and every parent I think deserves at least a cross for victory at the end of the sort of 30 years of being the hands-on parent because they don't leave home as you think they're going to at 18, they keep coming back. (laughs) (laughs) Talk a little bit about guilt if you would. You said it starts pretty early on. Yes, because you are suddenly responsible, not just for you, but for this life. And literally, this life is in your hands. And how that life goes and how it turns out, in many ways, you have some say over. And so you feel this incredible responsibility for this other person. And most mothers... um, I don't know about the dads as much because obviously I'm speaking from a a mother point of view. This is the one person you'd give your life for without a second thought. This life is actually for mothers generally more important than their own. So it's a huge undertaking and the weight of that responsibility is deeply felt. I'm not a parent myself, Jane. I'm an uncle who's been very involved in the upbringing of a a number of nephews and nieces. I've seen it very close up just how 
how much hard work is involved. I've always had the advantage, of course, being an uncle of handing them back at the end of the day or the end of a couple of days. Then going back to my own life, very different, of course, for a parent. I can imagine it can get quite overwhelming at times. Look, it can. And, you know, there's a beautiful saying by Tolstoy, which I think is true. You are only as happy as your unhappiest child. So if you think about that, so much of your happiness and mood is really tied up with your children because you, as a parent, would find it very difficult to be happy if your child is not okay. Mm. So if you can think about the deep connectedness of that, it's truly a, a sort of Buddhist saying that we are all connected and nothing more so than parent and child. But I would like to just say some things about this. Number one, Winnicott years ago introduced the concept of the good enough mother or parent, which doesn't mean you have to be perfect. A very good family therapist I know who I think is brilliant said to me the other day he'd gone to a conference and guess what? You only have to get it right 30% of the time. And that really was such good news to me because I thought, I can do 30%, even 50, possibly 60. And the other thing to realise is that you are going to make mistakes and that is okay because all the mistakes you make are going to help your child adapt to an imperfect world and learn skills and resilience. You will not get it perfectly right, and that is all right. Mm. You're going to make mistakes. Mm. We are imperfect beings bringing up other imperfect beings. Mm. A friend of mine, Jane, said you can read all the books in the world and get all the advice in the world, but at the end of the day, parenting is a learning experience. You're learning as you're going along every day. Yes, because this person that you've given birth to or who's come into your life, you don't know them. So it's a relational experience. You are getting to know them and they are getting to know you. And obviously, if you listen to the Jesuits, they say, give me a child until it's seven and I'll show you the man. And often those early years really are so important to be a good enough parent. Mm. Remember, not perfect, it's okay. No one can prepare you, I don't think. You can read books and it's for these wonderful children possibly who sleep through the night, who breastfeed well if you're breastfeeding, who are responsive. What they don't do is write books for your individual child. So of course you're going to be learning. And they don't write books for you as a person. They write principles of parenting and often your child and you have a slightly different relationship that's outside of those guidelines and learning to work with the principles of being a good parent an attentive parent a curious parent but not beating yourself up if they're not like that kid in the book I used to laugh when I walked around the supermarket at the you know baby formula tins with the smiling baby I thought where do you get one of those I've got Mr. Cryer at home. I think there's a lot of expectation and and we worry that we're, we're doing a good enough job and we look at other parents and think they might be doing a better job. And I think it's a constant source of low-level anxiety about, you know, am I doing 
a good enough job as a parent. Mm. And you mentioned we're responsible for another life. Is an important thing to ensure that we have time for ourselves each day to take care of ourselves and our own needs so we're in a better position to be able to look after another life? Absolutely. And being a person who takes care of themselves and has time for themselves so that you are well and stable and able to respond is crucial. And there's more than one way to be a parent because a lot of um, working parents often say, you know, I feel like I'm failing my child, I'm failing my job, I'm failing my relationship. There's a hell of a lot of expectations on us these days. Mm. But it's important that you are happy or content with how you're going, which means if you need to work to keep yourself sane, you do it because you will be a better parent and a happier person to do that job if you have also taken care of you. Mm, We can be better prepared and with greater emotional maturity. There's a whole movement that has sprung up in recent years called the Conscious Parent Movement. After the release of a a best-selling book called The Conscious Parent, Transforming Ourselves, Empowering Our Children by Dr... Shefali, as she's known, Shefali at Sabri in 2015. Tell us about this movement and the core tenets of um, a conscious parent. A conscious parent is one who responds to the person in front of them. They want to get to know them. They look and are empathically attuned to what that child might be needing. And that can mean boundaries and safety and guidelines, emotional responsiveness, listening, taking time to actually understand and know that little being in front of you. It's not coming over the top of the child like Dr. Spock with all of your, you know, the child needs this and the child needs that. It's coming in and saying, well, what does this individual need and how can I best respond and know this being? Mm, So relational. Gabo Mate, whom we've mentioned a few times, says something very similar. The parenting is not a role, it's a relationship. And we've got to really nurture that, allow children to be themselves, express themselves fully, not stifle them and try and control them to make them obedient to us. Yes, but we've also got to, in that, not making them obedient to us, but but working with them in the world that we live in. You've also got to prepare your child for life out there beyond you. And not everybody is going to respond to them as beautifully as you do. Mm -hmm. People are going to sometimes reject them and bully them and be nasty. So skilling up your child to deal with adverse situations is also important. And that means sometimes when you get it wrong, you are also skilling them up to deal with difficult situations. And clearly I'm not talking there about violence or abuse or trauma to a child. I'm talking about the little empathic failures that you will make every day where you don't quite attend or you misread something. And on that note, I want to say that it is always possible to go back and repair relationships. I see children with their parents 
The parents are in their 70s, the kids are in their 40s, and we're working to repair things because ultimately every child wants to be connected to their parent and every parent wants to be connected to their child. And life gives you many opportunities when you've messed up to come back and say, hey, can we work on this? We'll come back to that in the end. Is there a role for so-called tough love? in order to instill discipline and to prepare one's children for tough times? I don't like that term. It came from dealing with um, adolescents with addictions, where you let them feel the full consequences of their behaviour. Sometimes those consequences were overdose or nasty experiences in prison. So I think we need to have a value-based parenting where we explain consequences and we slowly let children feel the consequences of their behaviour but not to the extent while they're young and still forming and please remember boys brains wire up for consequential thinking around 25 So the tough love movement, I think, has severe limitations and most parents feel like they're failing if they can't do tough love. And guess what? Most parents cannot. They do not want to have terrible consequences for their children. Mm. So if you're talking about uh, sensible, pragmatic parenting where you love the child but you teach them the realities of what life is like, how they're going to have to learn to take care of themselves, be responsible, show up, contribute to the world, you know, as well as be themselves, then yes, but that's not tough love. Tough love is a whole other movement. Is the biggest issue with parenting the fact that we haven't sufficiently worked through enough of our own childhood issues before we take on parenthood ourselves, which then gets in the way of healthy parenting and we spend a a lot of time reacting and passing down learned stuff or our own baggage to our children without even knowing. Look, yes, because we're human and I don't know anyone who's totally worked through all their baggage, you know. I think I'll be working on it until I'm 90. The fact of the matter is you need to do a good enough job and know who you are and that is a process. You don't know who you are at 20 in the way that you know yourself at 40 in the way that you know yourself at 60. And most of us become parents somewhere between 20-something and 40-something. So you're not going to have it all worked out. There are some basics. Do not get your child to meet your needs. That is not their job. Your job is to meet their needs and help them become independent enough and confident enough and secure enough to learn, to ask for and meet their own needs. Number two, have really good boundaries with your parents around, with your children. (laughs) I just said my parents, I'm laughing. Yes, mum, I'm still setting boundaries with you. Around how how you feel um, and and know what is acceptable to you. When you need time out, when you need time to be by yourself, when you need quiet time, teach your children the skills to self-soothe and self-reflect and to be able to play by themselves, to be more self-sufficient and attached, the balance between the two. 
teach them to be kind, respectful, um, to think about others. And you show that by how you are with them and also sometimes actually talking about these things and working out what your values are so that you can pass them on to your child and distinguishing your values from the values that you grew up with and may have been handed down to you. Mm. Unconditional love, acceptance and caring attention. Are they the fundamental requirements for a child's healthy development? Yes, and I'd like to say there's a lot of controversy in thinking about unconditional love. Unconditional love is most parents love their child no matter what. But there's not unconditional acceptance of behaviours and difficult ways of relating. Mm. And that's okay. You can love your child and still say, hey, that's not okay. What you do is really a difficult situation because X, Y and Z. And being attentive, yes, if you respond to your child and are tuned in, if they've had terrible experiences that day at school or they've been bullied or life has given them a really difficult serve, tuning in and being attentive and talking with them and, you know, listening and being aware, that is very important. Can we overindulge our children? Yes. (laughs) Welcome to 2020. (laughs) Hello. Yes, we can. We can be so convinced that our little Freddie is the best. He can do no wrong. They're just brilliant. They outshine. They're gifted. They're talented. And, of course, part of that is the gleam in the mother's eye or the gleam in the parent's eye that you are just totally in love with your child. But then you also need to be realistic about how they affect others because in being a relational parent, you are also being conscious that they relate to other people and they've got to learn how to do that, which means they're not always going to be the most special, the most clever, the most beautiful We need to teach our children to be okay with being average sometimes in some things, not being so good at others, being really great in different areas. Mm. We need to be balanced. And And what's the impact if if you're not? Well, the child can become a really absorbed... um, Spoiled brat, you want to (laughs) say. No, I always feel sorry for... For children who are spoiled because they're not given the skills then to deal with adversity and difficulty and when those kids come across um, adverse events they go down really quickly and they get really depressed and they have a really difficult time accepting that sometimes they might fail or they might come second or know that effort wasn't good enough or they get terribly wounded if they get pulled up on something and those kids are really not um, given an opportunity to to be okay with not having to be good at everything and so I, I really do feel for those kids you mm. know I think spoiled brat is really unhappy child mm. is that an increasing problem look I think we've all got so anxious about our parenting We've got so anxious that we might be damaging the child, that, that we might be harming the child, that we haven't mm. given the child enough confidence, etc. And I think if you can remember that, you know, all you have to do is good enough. 
that you have to be uh, tuned in and attentive and realistic mm. and kind and loving and your job is to love them instill confidence and skill them up to deal with the world that they've come into. Mm. Well, let's talk a little bit about what happens to a child when there isn't that uh, full love and care and attention that the child needs for a healthy development. What are some of the consequences? Children end up with um, mental health issues. They can end up with post-traumatic stress. They can end up highly anxious. They can end up feeling not good enough. They can have a low self-worth and not have a good way of valuing themselves. They can go for toxic relationships which damage them. There are so many things that can go wrong. And again, I want to say that a parent can't prevent everything that their child will face. Their child could go to school and really have a difficult time and be bullied and not fit in. Um, and the parent might then have to actually respond to how, how and where will my kid fit in, what's going to work for them, and to stand up for them and to advocate for them. Because most children will recover from something really difficult if it is responded to and acknowledge and they're helped through that. So when I see adults whose parents didn't protect them when they were kids from an angry or violent parent or didn't acknowledge that their sibling was bullying them and harming them or didn't go to the school and, and talk to the school and work with them on why their kid was being bullied and how to stop that and how to have a good bullying policy. When I speak to them, they're very upset and hurt that their parent didn't step in and protect them and keep them safe. And I said, well, when we have these discussions in therapy, what they wanted really was their parent to step in and help them. They didn't ever expect their parent to prevent the bad thing, but to ameliorate it and at times remove them from that bad, bad place. But they understood that as long as their parent was protecting them and caring for them, that that was enough to see them through. Mm. Gabo Mate talks as well about the link between stressed parenting and the uh, preponderance of childhood conditions such as ADHD, autism and uh, oppositional defiant disorder, among a few others. How much do we know about, about that? We do know that stressed parents are often anxious and a bit irritable and can be a bit short. And then children can feel like there's not enough time for them, there's not enough attention to their needs. And the child can end up, you know, trying to get attention in ways that are not productive and then the parent gets even more stressed and irritated. And the child can end up feeling like they're a burden and not want to ever ask for anything and, and not have their needs met and therefore feel they, they're not really a valuable person and have low self-esteem and low self-worth. So, you know, really when we're talking about stressed parenting, we're talking about parents who are overwhelmed, tired, who are anxious, who are always in the future or the past and not in the present. 
And when you are able to be with your child in the present and give them good quality attention and interact with them and truly relate, that has such benefits for the relationship and well-being of the child. Because the child has a tendency to blame themselves a lot, don't they? Always. You know, children have quite a simple cognition. Bad things happen to bad people, so if something bad happens to me, therefore I must be bad. A child can be in a really abusive parenting dynamic where they're harmed, and you will ask the child, what do they want? And they said, I just want to be a good enough child for mummy to love me. Or if children of parents are in a separation, they often say, if I'd been a good enough kid, maybe my parents would have stayed together. They take it on that somehow there's something wrong with them, that it's not okay in their family, mm. which, is, which is really awful to internalise that at a young age when you don't have the skills to deal with it. Mm. And knowing this, what can we do as parents? I think we need to really communicate at an age-appropriate level. So you communicate to the childhood developmental stage and capacity of your child to take in what you're saying and not be overwhelmed with it. Um, I'd like to share something from my own experience as a parent. Um, I remember one of my my son's older brother's friends um, there was a pregnancy and I spoke to my son all about sexually transmitted diseases and all these things that can happen and I think he was 10 and he said mom I'm only a little kid I read it wrongly I gave him too much information for what he was up for developmentally so it really brought an awareness to me telling your kids and being open is a great thing But pick what you say to the age and stage of development they are. The other thing is take time with your child. You know, try and enjoy the relationship. It doesn't matter if the house is perfectly clean or things are in order. It has to be a reasonable level, otherwise the house is chaotic and no one does well. But it's about enjoying those moments because they're precious and you won't get them again. And trying to remember that. And that everything you put in now is going to pay off big time for that child in your relationship. And when you're sensing that the child is blaming themselves, to to explain? Yes. Um, You know, when parents getting divorced say, look, we want you to know that mum and dad love each other, but we just can't live together and that you were created in love. And to be very, very mindful of never putting the other parent down in front of your child. Why? Because they're made up of both of you. When you put one parent down, you're telling the child that half of them is not okay. Mm -hmm. So being really respectful that there's two people that went into that child... Be respectful of the other person. Reassuring your child that just like when they go to school and sometimes they friendship group changes, that sometimes parents can't play nicely with the other parent anymore. That there are differences that that have come between them that they can't resolve. That has nothing to do with you, child, but to do with us and the way we are as adults. So what are some of the other golden rules for healthy parenting, Jane? Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. Boundaries on what you share, not oversharing. Boundaries on how you as the parent self-soothe and contain your emotions. 
repair. It's not the end of the world if you and your partner fight with each other in front of your children, as long as it's not violent, because people fight and argue. But you need to then show them resolution, that you can argue, that you can still love a person that you argue with, and guess what? You can resolve conflict. You're teaching them skills when you do that. Teaching them where, they, where you begin and end and they begin and end. In other words, what's okay for you and what's okay for them and what's not okay for you and what's not okay for them. Teaching them that they're entitled to their own opinions and their own emotions and they're not the same as yours. And be very mindful that you don't make your emotions their emotions. Check in with yourself as a parent. If you're feeling depressed and sad that day, really take care of yourself. And, and you know, if you feel you're a bit off, say, hey, darling, I'm, I'm a bit down today. So if I'm a bit off, it's not you, it's me. I'm just a bit flat. And people have up and down emotions. So this is part of being human. You might feel that way, but I'm letting you know because I want you to know it's got nothing to do with you. Mm. It's about talking and being open. I think admitting when you're wrong as a parent and saying, you know, I, I didn't do that very well and I'm really sorry because then you're teaching them that they don't have to get it right all the time and that sorry and acknowledging when you've messed up is a really useful thing to do. I think it's about being fully human with your child but in a way where you are responsible for yourself first and your child second so that you don't inflict your stuff onto your kid. Mm, and you've got to be the adult. Yep. Even when you feel like you're two years old, you want to storm out of the house and say, I'm done with this. You need to stay, calm yourself down and work it through. We mentioned earlier guilt. We all carry guilt for something or other and most of us uh, hold some resentment even if only small for something our parents did or a need that wasn't quite met. Can we ever make up for these things? You said earlier we could but is it inevitable um, and only human in fact that uh, some pain will always remain with us from childhood? A hundred percent. And those things are learning experiences which we say, I'm not going to do that to my kids. Yes, and you'll do new things to them. That's life. And remember that one of the tasks of growing up is to realise that you can love your parent even if they're not perfect. And that means you can love yourself even if you're not perfect. You can accept your imperfections, your shadow sides, because you've learned that you can love somebody even though they will let you down on occasion and even though you might be disappointed in them. And you can repair a lot of those wounds, you said, and the relationship? Yes. You can't forget some things, but you can repair and establish new ground and heal relationships so that they feel loving and kind and, and that you have a positive interaction between parent and child, even if the child is 50. And an outgoing message, Jane, for parents? Try to enjoy some of it. Try to realise that it's okay to make a mistake. Try to know that you'll get a chance to repair it. Know that good enough is good enough. That there's no such thing as a perfect parent. 
that we need sometimes to not get it right with our children because they learn to cope then with adversity and difficulty and not having everything met and end up being a better balanced person. Jane Enter, you were, I'm sure, and continue to be a wonderful parent. Thank you very much for speaking to us again here at Bay FM. It's a pleasure. Just don't ask my children that. <laughs> <laughs> on our next On the Couch, we look at the hype over psychedelic medicine. It's all the rage, especially here in our region. But what are the risks? We explore the benefits and downsides. Hope you can join us then.